Going cashless seemed to many to be the enlightened thing to do until some very real truths started to emerge. And now there is a backlash for a very unexpected reason. We will explain. Plus, we have broke millennial author Aaron Lowry back for her second appearance and so much more on this edition of Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I am certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, host of the Financial Grown-Up podcast, coming to you from my very grown-up kitchen in New York City. And I'm Erin Lowry, coming to you from my very grown-up office in Queens, New York. This is the Money News Show that includes commentary on recent headlines and stories with thought leaders from across the financial landscape, like broke millennial author Aaron Lowry. We break those stories down into what matters to you, our friends, and we leave you with a takeaway to make it your own. This episode of Money with Friends is sponsored by Tiller, your financial life in a spreadsheet automatically updated each day. Go to tillerhq.com forward slash MWF for a free trial and 20% off your first year. And of course, you support the show when you use our link. So that's always a good thing, right, Erin? Yes. Support yes. the show. Let's do this. And you're supporting the show by being here with us and taking a break from writing your third book. And I said in yeah. our preview show, we introduced the cast for season three, that in the time between I've written my first book and my second book, which is not even a book yet, but I'm working on it becoming a book, you will have put out three books. You are so productive. <laughs> Uh, I mean, that's one word for it. Insane, I think, is another really great word to use for it. I've been telling people, like, don't do three and four years. Just don't do it to yourself. But I'm very proud of them and very excited for it. But it is a lot, and it makes it uh, hard to balance in other life things and goals. We're glad you're fitting this in. Um, The first two, the first one was a general broke millennial. The second one was about investing. Tell us a little, little preview of the third one. Book three is Broke Millennial Talks Money, script stories and advice for navigating awkward financial conversations in which I will be talking all about how to talk about money, both at work, with your friends, with your family, and in your romantic life. Something we all need. On that note, let's see which one of our friends is going to lead us into our headline. This is Gertrude, room mom over at the Stacking Benjamins Facebook basement group. I just like hanging out and chatting about the news. That's why I tuned into Money with Friends. Well, New York says, don't ditch your cash. City is latest to ban cashless restaurants and stores. New York became the latest city to tell businesses they must accept cash. The bill, which prevents most retailers from refusing to accept cash or charging customers more if they want to use it, was approved by the city council on Thursday. No longer in New York City will brick-and-mortar businesses have the right to refuse cash and effectively discriminate against customers who lack access to credit and debit, Richie Torres, the bill's chief sponsor, said in an emailed statement. The marketplace of the future must accommodate the needs of vulnerable New Yorkers. The law will go into effect nine months after it's signed by Mayor Bill de Blasio, who supports it. New York joins Philadelphia, San Francisco, and the state of New Jersey in passing legislations that lawmakers say will prevent businesses from enacting policies that shut out the millions of Americans who don't have a bank account, lack credit cards, or don't have photo identification. Cash-free, though, is a growing trend. A growing number of restaurants and other retailers have stopped accepting cash in order to speed up transactions, reduce the risk of theft, 
and accommodate the increased use of credit and debit cards, as well as digital wallets like Apple Pay and Google Pay to buy services and products. Fewer Americans are using dollars and cents for even the smallest purchases, while consumers used cash for 46% of purchases under $20 in 2015. They used hard currency to pay for just 37% of similarly priced items in 2019, according to payment systems company Square. But while a growing number of Americans have stopped using cash to pay for meals, groceries, or a new outfit, there are many others who don't have a choice. And this is where it gets interesting, Erin. Nationally, 6.5% of households in 2017 did not have bank accounts, and 18.7% had accounts but also used financial services outside of insured institutions, according to the FDIC. In New York State, nearly a quarter of all households are, quote, unbanked or underbanked. Communities of color are particularly hard hit. Among African Americans, how, uh, excuse me, among African American households, 17% nationally did not have bank accounts in 2017, the most recent year the data was available, and 14% of Latino households did not have a bank account, according to the FDIC. For that segment of the population, some lawmakers say a business that doesn't take cash is basically off limits. And then it goes on to talk about different companies, Sweet Green, the salad chain. They went cashless, but then they decided to start taking cash again. They kind of rethought that decision. And Amazon, which was very instrumental in launching the whole digital economy, said that its Amazon Go stores are all going to eventually accept cash. Um, and its locations both in the big cities, San Francisco and New York City, already do so. Thoughts? Well, I actually shared this story with Bobby before we started rolling that I had an interesting experience with this one. So this was a few years back and it was not sweet green, although I have been there. It was a similar style restaurant that's sort of deemed fast casual. So it's cafeteria style and you go through and you get your food. And at the end, I had walked out of my office and only had a 20 in my pocket because my wallet's big, can't put it in my pocket. I didn't want to carry it on the street. And I went to, you know, he rang me up and let's say it was like $14.99 and I handed my 20 and said, I'm sorry, we don't take cash. And I had nothing else on me. I didn't have a debit card with me. I didn't have a credit card with me. So it was this incredibly awkward moment. Like, well, I, I can't pay for this if you won't take a 20. And ultimately I ended up getting the meal for free, which was also, it, it, I know it kind of like sounds cool, but honestly just felt very uncomfortable the entire interaction. And I have also had moments where like at the post office, they wouldn't take cash. There's just been some weird moments, which that felt illegal, frankly, but there have just been some very strange moments where I had cash on me. That's the currency I had to pay and I wasn't able to use it. And I'm not unbanked or unbanked or underbanked, but I also know that that's a very, very real problem. And so I also don't agree with kind of morality policing how people spend their money because I've had people say like, well, then they shouldn't be eating at Sweetgreen or any of those kind of restaurants. And they may have enough money to do it. They just choose not to or are not able to get access to traditional financial institutions. Yeah, I I agree with that. And it's something that I hadn't really given that much thought to. I mean, I started seeing these, we are a cash-free restaurant or what have you around and just thought, oh, okay, I guess I better, you know, I, now I have my credit card comes through, you know, my phone because we have digital payments through things like Apple Pay. So I didn't think that much about it, but it's true. And then I thought, well, why the push towards cashless? And the article actually goes on to talk about some business owners saying that the cash, one owner says the cash was slowing them down. 
And also, so it speeds up the process if everyone's paying digitally. I get that, but we've been okay with cash for a long time. So you can probably manage that. But also it can stop um, theft because you don't have as employees can't kind of skim. So it is something that, you know, can save them money in that sense. And it just takes more time. I just think that cash should still be there for now. I also, as a parent, love using cash to teach my child about money. It's just much more tangible. I think the whole digital payments, it can be very confusing to children. They don't necessarily get it at the same level. Maybe that'll evolve as our society evolves. Um, what's interesting is sort of, we we put this out. We taped this, first of all, we taped this live in front of a Facebook Live audience. We have our audience here with us now. Um, shout outs to Sarah. We have Esther here. We have Kevin here. We'll get to some of their questions and comments in a moment, but we did ask our Instagram audience um, about the cashless trend. And we asked them, should businesses be required to accept physical cash? And I have to tell you, I was surprised by the answer. And Aaron, I did not tell you in advance what the results were. What do you think our Instagram audience had to say about this? I'm going to say 70, 30, 70% saying, yes, you should have to take cash. So this is interesting. So it was very close. Um, Throughout the 12 hours or so that we had this posted, it was about 50, 50. And so it's right now it's cashless is the future is actually winning at just 52%. Um, And we had pretty high participation. So I would still call it about even. Um, I was really surprised, though, that it was basically a draw that this is such a this is a controversial topic is what it shows. It is. I I also agree with that phrasing that cashless is the future. Mm -hmm. I do think in my lifetime, we will transition over to digital exclusively. I think cash will eventually start to not even say fall out of fashion. I just don't think it will be the way that we transact anymore. But I think that that's going to come with some growing pains that need to be seriously thought about and how we are going to ensure that you're not leaving behind a portion of our population. Right. And I should say, I I don't think I said how I phrased the answers. So one possible answer was cash will stay king. And the other answer was cashless is the future. So, and again, it's pretty much even right now. It's just a smidge ahead for cashless as a future, but I would call it a draw. Um, Aaron, you have some of the, uh, I asked people to elaborate on their answers and what they were thinking. Um, So do you want to share some of those audience comments from our Instagram friends? Sure. So we have one that says, I never have cash, which I actually always tease my friends about because let me tell you, there are enough places in New York City that if you don't have cash, it is a problem because there are some places that only take cash. So I always tease my friends that you need to carry cash. I think it's also a safety thing. And sorry to elaborate on this, but I actually had to go to urgent care last week. I had a terrible, terrible cold. And I walked in on a Sunday morning and their entire internet system was down. And so they couldn't even process a credit card. So the only people that got seen were people who could pay their copay in cash. So this girl got in and I was one of like two patients of the 15 people that had come in. They could get seen because I could pay my copay in cash. So always carry cash is really my takeaway. From wow. Someone said, I prefer having the option depending on what I'm buying, why, and where I am buying something. I also agree. Someone said, cards are king, less cash security liability, and no armored truck service, which is certainly why some of the store owners were saying they prefer to move to digital. We have another that said, it's an accepted currency in the US. They should always require it. And she prefers cash herself. 
Should be both just in case payments go down. Oh, just what I said. Yes. It happens. Personally, I use my debit card. I will also preach for the use of credit cards over debit cards. It is safer to use your credit card than your debit card. There are better protections for you. Very well said. What do you think about the fact that this was so controversial, even among our audience, that people had such different opinions? Because usually we do get a, a very more, more of a strong feeling one way or the other. This was really evenly divided. I think that also just says a lot about where we're going. And as someone who, like I said, always carries cash, not to say that we're the Luddites in the situation, but I think there's some of us who don't as quickly migrate over to the new digital trends. Again, I think that there also always has to be consideration to who is this potentially harming and who is kind of being excluded and how can we make sure that we're moving to a place where they can be included. I also like Kevin's point, plus paying in cash helps curb overspending. That is definitely true. One of my favorite things is people saying, oh, no way. I always spend way more money when I have cash in my wallet. And I say, I don't think you're spending more. I think you're realizing how quickly you spend it in the first place. Yes. Although I would counter that. I like to have, and we've talked about this before, we've got my older stepkids are on the same credit card as my husband and to a large degree, me. Um, and I like being able to take that credit card at the end of the month and you can split by each person and you can see who is buying what and where the money's going versus if we just gave them a cash allowance we might and ask them to sort of write it down or tell us, we may not get as accurate a picture. So I like the reality check of seeing it and there's no way getting around that paper trail or digital trail of where the money is going. Um, I also like the points. Can't lie yeah. about that. I do like getting my points on my credit card. But absolutely, I I use cash for a fair amount too, and I think it's just smart to have it on you. I I I agree. I think that I I also think that I I hadn't. I love that this is being written about because I just was clueless when I saw cashless. I didn't really think about the fact that it is excluding people, and we should have the right. It is our currency here in the U.S. We should have a right to go pay with cash. And I do understand. I sympathize with the business owners. I think it does cost more to take cash. But let's not forget, when you pay with a credit card, they take often three percent from the merchant. So that's a cost as well. Yep, there's that merchant fee. Yeah, and so you know, people used to sometimes get upset when people would only would only want to take cash. I think a lot of small mom and pop businesses would always prefer to be paid in cash or by a check. Um, I know I recently had um, a small gathering, and I the caterer wanted to be paid in cash because he wanted to avoid that three percent fee. And he was very vocal about it, that it affected his bottom line. And he always encourages clients to pay, um, not literally, you know, delivering a bag of cash, but to pay electronically um, through the banking system, but to not use a credit card. Because the credit card, when you're a small business owner, that 3% can really have an impact. Yeah, it really can. And there are also some smaller businesses that will give you a discount if you pay in cash, which is always an interesting thing to ask. There are, even in my neighborhood, a couple of little restaurants and smaller shops that give you a cash discount. One of my favorite wine shops, if you pay in cash, they will give you, I think it's like 5% off or something, which is not insignificant. 
No, it's not insignificant. In any case, the debate will continue. The great cash, will cash be king or will we go cashless? We will see. Regardless, it's so important that we keep track of our money. And that's why I am excited that Money with Friends is brought to you. This episode is brought to you by Tiller. You can manage your money 10 times faster in a spreadsheet with Tiller. It is the only service that connects your banks to Google Sheets and Excel with your daily spending, transactions, and balances. Unlike financial apps that force you to compromise, spreadsheets are fully customizable for your needs. Tiller makes them even better with an automatic daily feed of your spending, balances, and transactions. Tiller eliminates data entry, multiple account logins, and CSV files, which is so important for people like all of us that are basically too busy to keep repeating the same things. We can sort of connect it and forget it. You connect them once, and then you can see your transactions automatically updated each day. So set it up and forget it. Go to Tiller HQ. Actually, don't forget it. Set it up and check in on it, but you don't have to actually set it up all the time. Always keep track. Go to tillerhq.com forward slash MWF for more info, a free trial. And of course, because you're a Money with Friends listener, you're going to get 20% off your first year. And you're also supporting the show by using our link at tillerhq.com forward slash MWF. And a reminder, you can get links to all of our sponsors by going to the sponsor section of our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com and just click through if that makes your life easier. And we all want your life to be as easy as possible right? Sure do. Sure do. All right. Takeaway time. Do you want to be first or do you want the final word? I'll go first. I also want to include Sarah's comment here that she says, even though many people track every dollar, I like having $20 in my purse to get a coffee treat without tracking it. And you know what, Sarah? I do the same thing. I always have the discretionary income that I have to spend on whatever I feel like. I usually always take out about 20 to 40 bucks so I can go get my little treats like a coffee. I'm a big latte fan. So my takeaway on this story, one, like I said in the beginning, I dislike the idea of restricting how people can pay. As we've made clear, cash is an accepted currency in this country, which makes me feel like you should have to take it as an option for how to pay, especially because you are then leaving out a portion of the population, which is literally millions of people who do not have a traditional bank account and or don't use Google Pay, Apple Pay, or have a credit card or even possibly a debit card. So until we can figure out how to bridge that gap, because I do agree with the people who say cashless is the future, I do think we are definitely going to migrate into a digital-only currency system at some point in my lifetime. We have to figure out how to solve for the people who are currently unbanked and get them access to bank accounts. Now, as somebody who always does carry cash, I still do love my credit card. I'm a big fan of credit card over debit card for the security protections alone. I've had $600 skimmed out of my checking account once after my debit card was made vulnerable at an ATM machine. So I am a big fan of credit card, but only if you pay it off on time and in full every single month and never carry a balance. Very well said. I like that. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm so intrigued by this and I love everything that you pointed out because there are so many different dimensions to this and a lot goes to personal choice. I mean, I listen to you and I see how, um, passionate you are about your right to pay for your coffee in cash and that matters to you and being able to take that cash and buy something for it is important. And it's something that, you know, I was really ignorant about. I really didn't think about it. I never thought of cashless as anything less than sort of the way the world is going. Digital seems safer. You can track it. And it is safer for businesses and that there isn't literal cash um, that can be stolen by thieves or even getting real, their own employees. But the unbanked issue is a real one. And also personal choice, Erin. Like, 
I want to pay for my coffee with cash. I, I feel like we're all going to go out <laughs> with our, you know, dare I say, like $10 bills here in New York and pay for our coffee because $5 won't always cut it here in New York City. But anyway, sure. <laughs> I'm glad cash is still an option for now. And I'm glad that also we're talking about this issue. I think it's really a side part of the fact that, that the government got involved with this is that actually we're discussing it and appreciating it more. So I'm glad that uh, there is going to be, at least in New York, official acceptance of cash everywhere. So. I will make a quick pitch from the environmental perspective that I was made very aware of in the last year. Bring your own tumbler or mug when you go to buy your latte. Two reasons. One, I did realize I probably buy about 100 cups of coffee a year, mostly lattes. And that's like a whole garbage bag full of garbage. So if I bring my own, I'm reducing my imprint. But also, or my footprint, I should say, most places will give you a discount when you bring your own mug. So you could get 50 cents off of your latte that you're buying by just bringing your own tumbler. Awesome money tips. And no doubt you have or will be sharing that on your many social media channels, especially I'm a huge fan of Aaron's Instagram stories, which is at Broke Millennial Blog. Is that that's your handle, right? That's right. Yep. Someone is squatting on at Broke Millennial. Oh my goodness. We got to get rid of that. But anyway, we'll work on that one. In the meantime, tell us more about where people can find you, find out more about you and what you're working on these days. So mostly working on book three, which will actually be out December 29th, 2020. I officially have a pub date on that one. You can find book one, Broke Millennial, or book two, Broke Millennial Takes on Investing, wherever books are sold, hopefully also at your local library. And if it's not there, please request it. You can interact with me online on Instagram at Broke Millennial Blog. Every Wednesday, I do an AMA. So if you have a question, come ask. And I also am on Twitter at Broke Millennial. And also you can go to my website, BrokeMillennial.com. All right. Thank you so much for being with us. This is our your second show. You'll be back in about four weeks for two more shows in a row. Um, everyone, tomorrow, preview tomorrow, it is Joe will be back. And he is going to be with NerdWallet's Liz Weston, a fellow certified financial planner. She actually encouraged me to become a CFP. So Liz will always hold a special place in my heart for that encouragement. Um, and in the meantime, learn more about Aaron and the rest of our season three cast members and all of our alumna at our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Our handle there is at moneyfriendspod. And on behalf of broke millennial author, Aaron Lowry, thanks everyone for joining us. Have a great day. Bye everyone. This show is created and hosted by Joe Saul Cihai and Bobby Rebel, and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC, copyright 2019. Taylor Eichenberg engineered this show and Ashley Wall is the producer. For a list of our friends who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or any other video or podcast without first talking to your financial advisor and that the people in this episode are here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you back here next time with another episode of Money with Friends.